0: DraftCast presented by Inside the Hashes. I'm Nick McMorris. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore McMorris and follow our show's account at ProFBDraftCast. You can also follow Inside the Hashes at InsideHashes. Today's episode features Kansas State offensive lineman Dalton Reisner. A four-year starter for the Wildcats, Reisner was able to see the field early due to his nasty playing style and versatility. A nicer guy off the field than on it, Reisner recently launched the Reisner Up Foundation in an effort to inspire others. You can follow the Reisner Up Foundation on Twitter at ReisnerUpF and check out his website at ReisnerUp.com. Despite a very busy draft season, he was able to join us in this week's Phoning It In.
1: I'm now joined by Kansas State tackle Dalton Reisner. How are you doing today, man?
2: I'm doing good. How are you doing, sir?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Good. So, so uh, you know, kind of going before Kansas State, you know, you you know, playing high school ball. You played for your father at high school. What was your relationship like with you know, with him as a coach?
2: You know, you know, my dad started the PB football program in Wiggins, Colorado. Um, coached us through middle school and then coached us through high school. You know, I had four brothers, um, and he did that for all of us. So, you know, my dad was uh, you know, he's one of my best friends now. Um, what he did a good job of is he was a coach on the field and. And a father after. It's hard for me to realize that for a while. Um, you know, uh kind of having that divide of dad and coach, you know, he'd be getting on to me all practice and we'd be going home and having dinner together and you know, I'd be holding the grudge and he'd be asking how my day was and um <laughs> I had to learn oh, real man. quick. You know, I had to learn real quick how it was what it was about. But he did a great job of uh having that divide, but he coached me extremely hard, uh coached me harder than anyone else on the field. Um, you know, grabbed my face, snack was in my face, uh, demanded a lot out of me, man, and uh, I'm very thankful for that.
1: Yeah, I mean, it absolutely, I mean, it absolutely worked out. Both, you know, molding you into the you know the guy that you are today and the football player you are. So, I mean, it's you know, it, it obviously works for some people. That's awesome. Well,
2: I appreciate that, man.
1: So uh, during your time in in high school, uh, you you played center, and centers aren't typically, um, you know, it it doesn't seem like they're as valued by, like, NFL teams as maybe, you know, playing on the edge or playing, you know, um, know, at guard. Were teams talking to you about, you know, making that move uh, position-wise down the road, or, you know, are, are, are people really talking about you playing, you know, on the outside more?
2: Yeah, you know, uh, i played center like the majority of my life. Center was my position. Uh, In high school, I actually played left tackle my senior year. And then uh, at Kansas State, I played center for two years, and then I played right tackle for three. But in all reality, um, I've played all positions at Kansas State um, in practice and just throughout my time there. Um, So I'm familiar with all five, and every team has been different. Some teams believe I'm a pure right tackle, and they say, I'm going to be a right tackle in the NFL, maybe even a left tackle. Um, I've had some teams tell me that I'm a pulling guard, both sides. Um, some teams say they really see me at center. Um, every team is believed that I'm versatile and can play across the board, but I really think what's going on is that every team has a different need, and whatever team's need that is is where they want me to play. <laughs> and um, that's what's great about being able to be versatile is that I can fit in for any team.
1: Well, yeah, it, it seems like it's one of those things where, like, I almost, I almost considered, you know, when I introduced you as saying Kansas State offensive lineman because of your versatility. Yeah. It's like, you know, you know you're, not, you're not pigeonholed to one, one position. Is it one of those things that, like, on, on draft day, you know, when, when your name's called, uh, is it going to be, you know, you get drafted by this team, you know that you're going as a, you know, guard, you know that you're going as a tackle, or is it going to be one of those things where it'll probably still be in the air as you, uh, you know, un- until you actually, like,
2: show up? It depends on the team. If it's one of the teams that um, I sat down with at Senior Bowler or Combine, or a team that came out and visited, or a team that I had a top thirty-two, um, I'll probably not probably most likely definitely know exactly where they're going to have me at, just because I've communicated with them. But uh, there's still a few teams out there that uh, I haven't had communication with in terms of where I play for them.
1: Sure, and 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 once again, the beauty of having that versatility means that like they you know they could just be drafting you as. A offensive lineman fits you in where you, know, where you can get in, so it's a, it's a, a fantastic thing to to have that versatility. Sometimes it almost seems like a curse because there's a little bit of uncertainty, but
2: you know having
1: that is just so valuable.
2: Yeah, no doubt, man, no doubt.
1: So, uh, what led you to uh, end up at Kansas State?
2: Um, you know, I, coming from Wiggins, Colorado, you know it, it was tough to get scholarship offers. You know, my town is uh, 800 people, one uh, a football, 17 guys on my football team you know, 30 guys in my graduating class or 32 or something. So extremely small town. You know, I was the first one to go play Division one football from my town, um, first one to go to combine, stuff like that. So I kind of had to pave my own way. And it's not like big 5A, 6A schools where teams, college teams come through to check out talent every year. Uh, they just don't. And so it took a lot of going to camps. I had to go to probably 10 or 15 camps for about two or three years straight and uh, prove myself to these teams uh, whether it's Nebraska, or Colorado State, or K-State and get in front of these coaches and start learning college technique and get in front of college uh, level talent and that's what I did for a couple years and finally started grabbing the attention of uh you know certain teams and got a few small offers and got an offer from Colorado State and then Kansas State was one of the few uh one of the offers that came in early and it was at my junior day and uh, a lot of offers came in after that, but uh, just my visit at Kansas State and my experience with the coaching staff and uh, their plan and the, the way I fit into the program there, uh, it just uh, was an easy decision for me, and uh, I haven't looked back since.
1: Yeah, I i-, wonder, I, I You know, Bill Snyder is kind of one of those, those you know absolute mainstays in college football. Uh, was that kind of, you know consistency at at you know the head coach position? Was that something that kind of uh, drew you in? Um, yeah, most
2: definitely, you know, I sat down with Coach Snyder, and uh, he's a coach that what really brought me in there was not only that he's a Hall of Fame coach, and not only that, um, you know, I knew that he had his job secure and not have the same coaching staff for a while, was that, you know, Coach wanted to mold you into a better man, and a better husband and a better person and a better friend and uncle, whatever it is, he wanted to turn you into a better person before a football player, and that's what I really valued about Coach um, because he realized that football wasn't going to last forever. And too many people, uh, and especially athletes nowadays, uh, put all their eggs into one basket, and that's football. And at the end of the day, Brett Favre is going to be done playing football someday. Tom Brady will as well. Um, that's just how it goes. So I value, I really valued how um, how much he valued the type of people we were off the field and the discipline and respect and responsibility that he wanted to instill in us. And that's exactly what he did in my five years, and, and that's a big reason why I came there.
1: Yeah, so I think you may have answered my next question. What was the best thing that Bill Snyder taught you? It probably was, you know, kind of growing up into being, you know, a true man off the field.
2: Yeah, I think it was just how to treat people. You know, Coach was one of the busiest men that I ever met and constantly had people, you know, reaching out to him, especially here in Manhattan, uh, Kansas, uh, you know, where it's not that big with town and football is a big deal. And the way he treated people, Uh, was magnificent, and he he really encouraged me and inspired me to treat people uh, with the same type of respect and love, and he did that with all of his players. And if you're a player that bought in and truly bought into what Coach was trying to do at K-State and follow his rules and and buy into the program, uh, you really could see some results in how you change the person. And, you know, I look back at who I was five years ago, and, man, so thankful for, for what Coach taught me about how to treat people, man.
1: That's outstanding, man. So, during your time at, at Kansas State, you know you you started all four years. Yes
2: sir. Uh, yes, sir.
1: Which is, you know, a really it's a very impressive feat. You know, anywhere you play, whether it's Division three, Division one, you know, Power Five. Uh, what was your biggest area of growth from freshman to senior year?
2: Oh wow, uh, that's a great question, man. I think just um, overall knowledge of the game and be able to play this game of football at a high level. You know, I, I came from this small school where it was block left and block right, and I was bigger, faster, and stronger than everybody I played. When I showed up, uh, I had to learn about the game of football. I had to learn about angles. I had to learn about stance. I had to learn about steps, the little details that were involved in O-line. Offensive line is like a chess match. People don't realize that. Some people think it's just about brutality and lining up the ball and getting it done, which uh, you know very well I love that type of mindset, but uh, there's a lot more X's and O's to it, and all those X's and O's, and um, the overall knowledge of the game of football and playing at a high level against guys that were bigger, faster, and stronger than me uh, was my most most growth that I saw. You know, I look back five years ago, and I I, I, did, I had no idea what I was doing, and uh, uh, that that's some serious growth there for sure.
1: Yeah, you, you know, you see that a lot with, with especially with with upperclassmen. You know going from being the, you know, physically dominant, you know, player in high school where you're the only one uh who is you know, your size, uh and then having to be you know you know, actually lay on that technique and learn learn it, you know, it really helps, especially off upperclassmen, uh, you know, mold into being, you know, really good quality football players. Yes, sir. So, uh what would you consider your best performance of your career?
2: Uh best game? I'd probably say Texas this year.
1: Texas this year? Yes, sir. What
2: what about it really stands out to you? You know, I feel like last year, uh, you know, I had a good football year. I'm talking about my junior season, but um, kind of was battling through some shoulder uh, issues. And um, this year I feel like I was just a completely different player. And I thought about leaving last year. I'm so thankful that I didn't. But looking at this year's film, um, I was nasty on the field, man. I finished guys. Um, I think I watched film on a lot of people in this draft class. And I'm not so sure there was anyone on the offensive line that quite finished like me. Um, I feel like I just played nasty, and especially in that Texas game, I was putting guys in the dirt and uh, playing old school ball, man, where it's you know line up the ball, line up across from somebody and take them and finish them in the ground. And uh, I felt like I played with a pretty good edge that game, and, and had a clean game as well.
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny you brought up Texas because I was watching some of the, the Senior Bowl uh, drills uh, on YouTube the, uh, the other day, and it was a little bit of chippiness between you and, and a couple of the Texas guys there, which I thought was pretty awesome. You know, it, was very, you know, it was friendly, you know, friendly enough, but it, was, it, was definitely, it definitely seemed like there was a little bit of history there. It was pretty cool. Yeah, yeah no doubt, man, no doubt. <laughs> so uh, before your senior season, you launched uh, the Rising Up Foundation. Uh, why did you decide to launch it then?
2: You know, I, you know, going into my senior year, when I thought about I was maybe going to leave, I kind of talked to my dad, and he wanted to leave a legacy, man. You know, I didn't want to just be a a guy that was pretty good at Kansas State, a pretty good football player. You know, I wanted to really leave a legacy at Kansas State. And in my time, I had done a lot of work with um, the special needs program here in town, as well as big brothers, big sisters and, and going to nursing homes and speaking at schools, motivational and back home and here in Kansas and um I'd just done a lot and I'd spoken at pep rallies and fans were constantly telling me that they wanted to hear from me more uh and they wanted to know what I was gonna do with everything I was doing and I never really had a plan. I said, you know, I just love community service. I didn't really have a plan as to how to bring it together. And uh finally decided to to have a foundation, man, especially thought it was a good idea to get it uh, in the in, in the in the woodwork and get it going before I got to the NFL because you know the NFL platform is only going to expand it, and um, I'm just so happy I did it, man. It, it was a way for me to bring everything together, and, and now that I have a foundation, I can use that to empower other people to do the exact same thing. And you know, the Rise and Rup Foundation isn't centered around just kids with cancer or just kids that um, have special needs. Um, it, it's anything, anyone who needs. Uh, impact in their life, a positive impact. They need someone to look up to. They need multiple people to look up to. They need a smile. That's what the Rise Up Foundation is about, man. I want to use my foundation, my, my platform with football to impact other people in a positive way. Uh, if I can impact them through my faith, then that's goal number one, you know, but at the same time, if someone doesn't want to be impacted through faith, they just need a smile, then hey, I'm just going to make them smile, man. And that's through little things, whether it's helping out a family that needs help buying groceries or going across seas to Guatemala or Haiti and helping helping people in need in third world countries um it's things like that man uh i'm all over the board you know i want to be able to just impact people with my foundation and i've already seen that start to play out man it's pretty special
1: yeah it's it's absolutely incredible i've been i've been talking about it all week to friends and family i think it's i think it's incredible especially being that you know you' you're 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 still you know in college i mean it's 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 absolutely outstanding how do people get involved in your mission
2: yeah, so um right now, man, you know but back in my senior year, we kind of got active with a lot of stuff, and we're doing a little bit more but uh in in this time, uh especially when I'm about to get drafted to a new team, uh things are gonna get extremely busy for me, and you know I gotta take care of my business for my rookie year and uh, earn a spot on the team uh and be focused on the respect of my teammates in the program. And um, hopefully I'll still have time to uh, be doing community service as much as I can. But in terms of the rise and rep foundation and getting kickstarted we're looking at, you know, next January, February, having like an official kickoff to where we can start getting people involved. And as for now, you know, um, on my website, people, people can go check up rise and com. They can see the mission statement. They can see um, bios by, on myself as well as the Rise and Up team that I have behind me and supporting me. Um, they can contact us and ask us questions. There's a contact page. Um, there's a donation page as well. Um, throughout this year, um, we're going to be doing uh, small giving back and making small impacts, like I talked about, um, giving groceries to families in need, and those that's where those donations will go to, and we'll always let um, people know where their donation money is going to. Um, it's going to be pretty special, but in terms of my first big event, um, it's probably not gonna be able to happen until next January or February, but we're excited for that. That's more than
1: fair. And it actually kind of uh leads me up to you know, my next question. How has this foundation uh changed the draft process for you?
2: You know, uh just having a foundation, you know, behind me and um, you know, being able to realize that there's more to life than football, um, it kinda keeps me grounded throughout this draft process. Um, you know, it's really easy to to get lost and get frustrated and confused and worried and um not to say that I haven't got that at all, but it just keeps me at peace. Uh helps me realize that I have something bigger behind me than football and uh, I believe I have more of a calling than just a game with a leather ball. Um I love football but um it's just kinda helped keep me grounded, you know, knowing that um I have a higher purpose and a higher calling and that's to impact people and, and and things like that. So it's uh, it's helped keep me grounded throughout this process.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Have coaches or executives brought it up to you in interviews?
2: Oh yeah, most every most every single uh, coaching staff has asked about it.
1: And has it been has it been a
2: um, you know a su- surprise
1: like you know a, a wow factor thing, or has it been more of a now when you're here you're going to be focusing on football, right? Like is it is it one or the other,
2: or how is it? Yeah, some coaching staffs uh, staffs are really uh, interested and want to hear about it, and um, you know think that that's truly amazing. And I think every coaching staff believes that. But the majority, I'd say, uh, want to make sure that my priorities are in line. And uh, just and you know I can't blame them for that. It's not that they don't want me to be involved, but um, they realize that this is the NFL, this professional sport, and I have work to do. And uh, that's why they'd be drafting me. Uh, and I've let all of them know, just like I told you here on the phone, that uh, football is my priority. Um, football and my platform with football is kind of what makes my foundation tick. Uh, so I can't lose sight of that. And um, you know, uh, two or three years down the road, when I become a vet, that's when I'll really be able to start doing some great things with my foundation.
1: Absolutely, man.
2: Absolutely.
1: Uh, hats off to you about that, because cause, I mean, it's, it's honestly, it's, it takes a lot of a lot of maturity, a lot of uh, you know, time that is, you know. Kind of under the radar to do stuff like that. So it's, it's really impressive. I
2: um, that, man.
1: So, you know, kind of switching gears back to football, uh, what was your combine experience like?
2: Well, uh, you know, it's uh, a great experience. A lot of people talk about how hard it is or how grueling it is, but that was a blessing. That's something I've watched ever since I was a kid. Um, I passed on the medicals, which is awesome. I killed my interviews, which was great. Um it was a great experience, man. I, I felt like I, I performed uh, well at the uh, the competitions, uh I showed coaches what I was about, especially in the offensive line position work and um got to beat a lot of great players from across the country, man. It was a it was a blessing, that's for sure.
1: Yeah, what was a tougher process, the senior bowl or the combine? Has I heard I mean the senior I heard you say like, interview senior wise bowl.
2: Senior, bowl, senior bowl. Yeah, interview wise combine. interview wise combine. Combines were the combine interviews were more formal, uh, more serious. Um, but senior bowl was much more of a grind. Uh, it's a week long. You're learning a new playbook. You're practicing. Eyes are on you every move at practice. Uh, senior bowl was much more of a grind than combine.
1: How cool was it when uh, when the when the Raider staff was like giving out those Raider stickers? That that was a really cool twist to, to this year's senior bowl.
2: Yeah, it was awesome, man. You know the, the Raider staff was amazing. I'd love to play for them. Uh, they're my type of guys. Uh, the way that, uh, you know, they loved guys that worked their ass off and guys that came to work with their lunch pail. Um, that's what I'm about, and uh, me and Coach Gruden hit it off because of that. And uh, they did a tremendous job, man. They got a hell of a staff there, and I think they're going to do some big things. It was a, it was an honor to play for them for a week.
1: That's awesome, man. So final football question, who is the toughest person that you've blocked in your football career?
2: Uh, whew. Man, I'd probably say uh, way back my redshirt freshman year. And uh Vernon a guy by the name of Vernon Butler, he went to Louisiana Tech, he was drafted yeah. uh and I think in the second round, uh to the uh Panthers. So he uh he was a beast. D tackle Maybe it's cause I yeah, D tackle. Maybe it's cause I was a eighteen year old freshman playing ball, but I just remember him being a beast, man. Yeah, that no, that's a good answer, man. So uh
1: final, final three questions, the thing called three and out where we ask you some non football questions. You ready to give it a go? Yeah, I'm ready to go. All right. Uh so it says in your Kansas State biography that you participated in basketball. Did Were you any good, or did you ride the
2: bench? Yeah, I played basketball. I started as well, man. Basketball was my sport. I uh, wanted to play at the college level, um, but just for being center and six foot five, 300 pounds, it wasn't in the cards. Uh, but I actually broke the rebounding record back in my hometown. That's uh, 22 rebounds per game average. Dang.
1: <laughs> That's awesome, <all for> man. <laughs> all right. Uh, second question. PlayStation or Xbox?
2: Ooh, Xbox, easy, bro. All right, your Madden overall rating. Oh
1: easy shoot, be.
2: man, it better be close to the nineties, bro. But I know how they do us rookies, man. But it better oh. be, uh, it better be in the nineties. I mean, shoot, PFF—they should just go off my PFF grade, man. That's what they should do. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i have I'm seeing it
1: on Twitter. That's awesome,
2: man. <laughs> um,
1: so the final question: If you were a pro wrestler, what would your walkout song be? Ooh,
2: ooh. Um, electric avenue
1: <laughs> that's fantastic hey
2: <laughs> you heard that song oh yeah man that's
1: awesome yeah. man <laughs>
2: yeah that's the damn bro <laughs> <laughs> all right man do you have any social media that you like to plug oh yeah for sure man uh people give me a follow on uh instagram uh, dalton underscore reisner 71 um twitter at dalton big d71 and if you go to my twitter um, you'll also see the link to my foundation, which is rising up F, uh, rising up foundation pretty much. So, uh, yeah, check all those out, man. I'd love for you guys to, uh, to give me a follow and stay in touch, man. I appreciate it.
1: Absolutely, man. Well, Hey, thank you so much for your time. I know you're busy with the draft process, uh, but, but good luck with everything. And we're be rooting for you at the next level, man.
2: No, thank you, bro. I appreciate you taking time and, uh, have a good one, bro. You ever need anything, let me know. All right, man. All right. Bye.
0: That was Dalton Reisner. Six foot five, three hundred twelve pounds. The first thing that jumps out on film uh, is something that Reisner actually alluded to in the interview, and that is uh, the finishing that he has on blocks. Uh, the real aggression and physical nature that he you know uses when he's finishing blocks uh, is a is a way that. A true offensive lineman is going to be able to set, set the tone, uh, both you know in camp you know, to start his rookie season. Uh, and it's one of those things that has got to have offensive coordinators and position coaches really excited. That and his overall athleticism and experience are huge for his game.
3: And that physicality and nastiness, while it shows on the field, Uh, He doesn't carry that off the field. He's genuinely one of the nicest people I think we've interviewed for this show. Uh, And I think that'll translate to being a great locker room guy. Um, The intangibles that he has as a leader definitely shown through uh, in the interview that we did with him. Uh, Another aspect of his game that I really liked was the versatility that he has. Uh, He has the ability to play center, but then also tackle. I think that's something that'll translate well uh, to, to a team at the NFL. Uh, you always, you know, you always look at the draft and you say you just want to get the five best offensive linemen on the field. But well, with him, you can plug and play him at a variety of different positions.
0: Yeah, sometimes with that uh, label of being a versatile player, you also get the label of jack of all trades, master of none. And that's really not going to be the case with uh, Reisner because of those uh, previously stated physical traits uh, and mental approach to the game. Having that mauler mentality that allows you to help spring a running back like Alex Barnes out, as well as the athleticism and in-game awareness to be able to you know actively block for a mobile quarterback that is trying to run outside the pocket, he's in a position right now to make an offensive line coach look pretty good with where he places him at the next level because he has a realistic chance of succeeding at any of the five
3: positions. And as far as projections at the next level go, I really look at Reisner as the type of dude who's going to go in the later half of the first round. I think that versatility, that toughness, uh, his playing style is just too much for teams to ignore. I don't think they're going to want to Take the chance on him being there in the second round. Uh, you know, a lot of these offensive line needy teams are going to start pulling the trigger because this is a very top heavy class on the offensive line talent. Uh, so I, I don't think he makes it out of the first round. The best fit for him that I see is the Minnesota Vikings. They've got multiple spots on that line that need starters. Uh, I think they've got Riley Reef and Pat Eifelin locked in uh, as starters at left tackle and center. As far as the rest of the line goes, I think you know, there are players that leave much to be desired uh, to where Reisner could come in, compete at one of those spots, and easily lock up a starting gig before week one.
0: This has been Phoning It In, featuring Dalton Reisner. I'm Nick McMorris. You can follow me on Twitter at Coach underscore McMorris.
3: And I'm Seth English. You can follow me on Twitter at Seth English. And be sure to follow our show's account at Pro FB Draftcast. If you like what we do and you think that we do a good job, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe on iTunes.